0: Babies grow and develop so fast in their first year of life and every baby is different. So is it possible to know what is normal development through the year? And are there things we need to be aware of in terms of safety that match that particular development stage? Dr. Deb Levy is a paediatrician and Sarah Hunstead is the CEO of CPR Kids. Welcome ladies. Thank Thank you you. so much. So um, obviously we've got the 12-month period and there are uh, things that we would expect to see happen. Deb, what would be the first major leap that would be a milestone parents would have their eye out for and roughly when should it happen? Because we know it doesn't happen exactly the same time for every child.
1: Absolutely. I, I think the first thing just to, you know, pick up on what you've just said is it doesn't happen at exactly the same time for every child. Um, there is always going to be bit of variation and a bit of a range. Nevertheless, it's important for us to be aware of when children should be attaining what we call milestones. And when we talk about milestones, we refer to different areas. So one is around communication. So that's your baby learning how to initially make those kind of sweet noises and then they start Babbling the dada, which always seems to be before the mama, you know, <laughs> and then um, and then forming words. So that that's your communication. Then is the gross motor skill. So and the first thing you would probably see with your baby with that is rolling over. And um, when would that be by? You know, usually by a few months. We worry if it's not happening by about six months of age. You know, but I guess the, the most important gross motor skill, you know, within the first year is that independent sitting. So by that, I mean not a child sitting in a high chair, but a child actually being able to sit on the floor on their own without support. And that should happen by nine months of age.
0: Okay. But before we go further with other mm-hmm. leaps, let's talk about those two ones in particular, Sarah, because I know you've got things to say there. Let's say you wake up in the morning and you had put your baby on their back to sleep and you wake up and they're on their front. Uh, that's when you panic (laughs) as a parent because you're like, my God, you can roll. I didn't know you can roll. You're not meant to be on your tummy. Tell us what we should be doing around that phase. So one of the important things is that we
2: don't swaddle our babies with their arms tucked in when they're able to roll. That's a really important thing. They need their arms out so that they can be able to do what they need to do and a really fantastic resource for that and hints and tips of starting to unswaddle your baby because a lot of parents can start to panic going, no, the only way I can get my kid to sleep is if I put them in a straight jacket. (laughs) Um, Have a look at the Red Nose website. It's got some really good hints and tips and tricks and of course the safe seat guidelines for all of the stages because that's what we really do need to adhere to. But to be completely honest, I think a lot of parents realise that their um, child can roll the first time when they roll off the changing table or the bed or the couch um, because nobody knew that they could roll until they actually did it and they hit the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the important things is if, you know, on the change table or whatever it is that they're in, the bouncer and so on, the straps are there for a reason. Always use the harness um, because that's there to prevent your child from rolling often uh, having one hand on your child at all times if they are on the changing table. And certainly don't leave them on the bed or the couch because you will find that they will end up on the floor. A great tip is to actually get rid of the changing table altogether and simply change your baby on the floor. But, of course, there are sometimes physical reasons why you can't do that. But if that is so, then please always one hand on the baby.
0: Okay, so then... The next um, phase, Deb, you were saying around nine to ten months could be sitting up. Is that correct? Sh-
2: children
1: should be sitting by nine months. By nine age, months. Yes.
0: Okay. So, is there anything we need to think about with sitting, Sarah? So, one thing as well is thinking about introduction of solids,
2: and I might let Deb take that as well, um, developmentally, because you know she's, you know, an expert certainly around <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but first thing where my mind goes to is is choking. So, you know, they might be sitting up, they might be in the high chair or strapped in and you, of course, you know, giving them their solid food that they're munching on. You might think, you know what? They're contented. They have their, you know, piece of, you know, lovely carrot over there, Um, you know, not raw carrot, just saying. And I'm just going to quickly run and have a 30 second shower on my own because I haven't showered on my own in six months. (laughs) Uh, But please, please always keep your child in their direct, in your direct line of sight while they're eating because choking can be silent. And so always, it's a great opportunity for you to sit down and bond with your child while they're eating as well. And you having your meal too. I know that's not always practical. Believe me, I had two very close together. And so (laughs) I get that. But keeping them in your line of sight, making sure that the food is cut up into age-appropriate pieces as well. There's lots of resources out there for that, shapes and sizes. And also making sure that, you know, they are sitting down to eat. So if you do have a child who is mobile, that they're not crawling around the floor, you know, with that piece of broccoli in their mouth and so on. So those hints and tips to try and reduce the risk of choking are important.
1: And I think, also, just in terms of the age of that Sarah, absolutely, I agree we always have to be aware of choking risks. It happens a lot earlier than what you anticipate. so babies will typically develop what we call hand regard with it's that really cute time when suddenly they're just gazing at their hands <laughs> yes. and then the hands start going into their mouth and then other things start going into their mouth. you know, and this can happen anywhere from four to six months, so that's you know a little bit earlier than perhaps what what we were thinking and um what we need to be aware of is what is around our baby. So babies can certainly start reaching for things, you know, and that's often a, a bigger reach. So they're not using their little pincer grip, which is your thumb and your, your forefinger. It's the whole palm of the hand that, that'll reach for something and then put it in their mouth to explore. You know, puppies do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Babies do. do it too.
1: So <laughs> definitely, Sarah, I totally agree with what you're saying.
0: Well, let's talk about crawling. Mm-hmm. Because that can cause no amount of upset for parents when Mm -hmm. they see in mother's group that one little fella's gone off crawling and theirs is still happily sitting there and not moving. Um, What do we know about crawling as a developmental milestone?
1: Interestingly, and somewhat controversially, it actually isn't on the checklist. Oh,
2: really? The milestone
1: checklist. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. And... um, I might just mention now that I've got a really great free resource for parents all on what your child should be doing within the first year. And they're welcome to go and download that. Um, they can find the link in on my Instagram page, which is at Dr. Deb Levy. But crawling is a funny one. We all wait for it. I also have two young children. Um, but it's so variable. Not every child crawls. And there's a lot of thought around that in terms of what are the long-term implications. But what we do know is that some children can go straight from sitting to either bum shuffling, Uh which is literally just shuffling along on their bums. They can do commando crawling, which is lying on their tummies like a little army person crawling around, or they can crawl. But some children go straight from sitting to pulling up and cruising along furniture, which is walking, holding furniture. So crawling in itself is is one of those milestones that we don't necessarily have a specific age that we're looking for.
0: I know as a parent that, you know, you're wanting them to crawl and then they start crawling. And you, you do want, them to, want them to crawl. Why did I want them to crawl? Absolutely. Um, because that's when you start to realize, wowie, that kid can get into some incredible places What are the safety sort of checklists and how do we manage that once our babies start to crawl?
2: So you realise that your house is a minefield, that all of those things you never really noticed before at grown-up height is, you know, it's like a great big red beacon saying, come and get me to your, (laughs) you know, crawling or cruising child. And so um, I actually saw um, a meme, a meme. A meme. meme. I'm too old. I got no idea. <laughs> I need my 13 year old here to tell me um, on a uh, on a social media site, and it was this mum just going, Ugh, "I got to get down on my hands and knees and crawl around my house and see what my baby can get into." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, you do. <laughs> yes. You actually do. Because the
1: alternative is a lot worse." Yeah. So
2: yeah, yeah d- don't take the Mickey out of it. Actually, get down on your knees and do it. Because you actually will get a completely different perspective of what your house is. Because you will see things that you don't normally see. So all of those cords that would be perfect for that cruising child to come and pull down and possibly pulling the whole television on top of themselves, you know, like horrendous stuff that you just might not notice. All of those little bits and pieces, like from the older sibling, the Lego that's ended up under the couch. So exactly what Deb said about looking around, what can your baby grab? What can they get hold of? So what's the choking risk? What's the pull down risk? You know, thinking about things like, where do you normally have your cup of tea? Do you normally keep it on the edge of the coffee table, but now your baby is pulling themselves up and they can easily get to that deliciously hot cup of tea (laughs) and that can cause burns. Now, there may be some of you out there who have got palpitations and really sweaty armpits after hearing all of this. Yeah, you always
0: raise my anxiety levels.
2: (laughs) It's it's not what I'm trying to do. It's just awareness and it's about going, you know what, okay then, let's go have a look around. We do need to baby-proof. And it may be as simple as simply putting a gate across your kitchen so they can't get in there. You know, open plan houses, a little bit trickier, but you'll be right. Just get it sorted. You'll yeah. be okay. And, you know, there if you go to the Kids Safe website, so that's Kidsafe Safe um, New South Wales or Queensland or wherever it is that you're listening from, they have a home safety checklist. And it goes through all of those things that you might not have thought of. It's printed out. Tick it off as you go, and boom, baby-free fast.
1: Sarah, I love your toilet roll trick. Will you share that? <laughs> the, <laughs> Sorry, <John>. I am <laughs>
0: intrigued. I am well, intrigued. Well,
2: my toilet roll trick. No, it's actually pretty simple. So you know the inside of a toilet roll, that little cardboard bit. Yes. Anything that fits through that is a choking risk for a child. Right. Yes, because their airways are a little bit different to us. And as Deb said, they like to shove everything into their mouth that is completely developmentally normal.
0: So anything that can fit through that toilet roll, you need to decommission. Keep oh, it out of reach. Look at that. Thank you for such an affordable way to find choking <laughs> Um, So if crawling's not one of the milestones, what's the next one after sitting, Deb?
1: Well, that would be walking. Okay. And um, children can start walking, I mean, you know exactly what you said you want your child to Mm. hit all these milestones but when they do you go oh no why why did I want (laughs) that exactly now I'm running after my child um we essentially worry if a child's not walking independently by 18 months um before then they can um walk holding a hand holding onto furniture as um as I suggested with cruising
0: yeah so is there anything different? I mean, obviously they're a bit higher when mm-hmm. they can walk. Yes. Um, but I'm wondering, I suppose they probably were climbing onto things. They could climb onto things when they're crawling. Are they more inclined to do that when they stand? I don't know. But, but what are you thinking when they, when they start walking, Sarah?
1: I was just gonna say that, that often it's between that eighteen to twenty four month period that they then will start. So usually they'll start walking and then climbing afterwards. All right, okay. Obviously not every child has read the guidelines. <laughs> Um, but yes, they will definitely start climbing and also walking upstairs and trying to get downstairs. Oh, you know, that, goodness. that to me is a big safety issue. Mm-hmm,
2: completely. And it may not be just gating off your stairs because obviously they're not going to be in your sight the entire time. They're just not. It's, it's, yep. let's be practical about this. But teaching your child how to go up and down the stairs is important so that, you know, that little, shuffling down and you know the being able to do that safely is really important. And I think there's something that we often don't think about in this age group who have started walking and I'm seeing more and more and more of it. And that is these teensy little toddlers on scooters. Wow. On, you know, different wheeled objects such as balance bikes and so on. Like we're talking 18 month olds that I'm seeing this. And they don't have helmets on.
0: Oh no. Really? Really. Go to the Ooh. park, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised uh, Sarah's not running after the kid. Go, Where's your helmet? I
2: know right. <laughs> it was funny. I was in the car with my with my two kids the other day and I went, Mum, that little girl doesn't have a helmet on. I'm like, You're right, and I'm glad you noticed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit pious here. Let's stop let's get off my high horse for a sec. Oh, that's no, but not helmets cool. are it's pretty
0: not, they're like they, yeah, Essential, it's, it's, 101. it's
2: not negotiable. It's such so, a little noggin. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm seeing, you know, we're seeing little tiny kids on scooters without helmets because I think people think, oh, how fast can a little child go?
1: And how far can they fall?
2: Yeah. But. But. Exactly. That's their full height. You know, even falling from standing height, that's significant mm-hmm. for a child. It yeah. absolutely is. and thinking that they can actually get up to a bit of step speed, it can be a significant injury if they do come off. And the other thing too, is that if you are putting your toddler in those fantastic bike seats that are on your bike, put a helmet on them, please. Because I'm seeing too many kids who are in these bike seats and don't have a helmet on themselves. And so it's really important, please make sure the helmet fits well. Make sure it is the appropriate size, and that it's not sitting right back on the head; that it is in the
0: position that it is meant to be, and that it's clipped. Exactly. People, a helmet that's not clipped is not a helmet. It's just not going to work. There's a grown-up analogy that I could put in there, but I no, won't because it's a family I, know, show. I think I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which one. We'll You'd put be right. it in the notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Deb, is there yeah. anything else in the first year that we should be aware of in terms of um, a baby's development?
1: I think we've spoken about the main ones in terms of gross motor and speech. We would expect for a baby to be babbling by about six to nine months. And, you know, babbling is that that, that, that kind of sounds that they make. And then hopefully have a few words by the time they're 12 months. The other big developmental area is called fine motor skills. And I've mentioned one in terms of children reaching for toys and then Children then develop what's called a pincer group, which is being able to pick up small things when choking becomes even of a greater risk. And another big one is self-feeding. And I know Sarah has already mentioned the whole um, exciting time scary time of starting solids. And usually babies are developmentally ready. They say from around about four to six months. What I see in my practice is usually closer to the six-month mark that, that children are ready to start solids.
0: Excellent. Well, um, thank you both for giving us a rundown of the first year. Sounds like things get ratcheted up after the first year. We might save that for another conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But thank you both for coming in today. Thank you. That's paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy and the CEO of CPR Kids, Sarah Hunstead.